Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you very much. Welcome back. It's the, uh, let's see, the first, second, third, third course of uh, the food show here on the Big 870 WWL. WWL. Gee, imagine me on WWL. hmm. Anyway, uh, I was looking through my uh, food almanac here that I, I write every day. And uh, under the Today's Flavor Department, uh, it is noted that today is Citywide Kala Day. Here in in New Orleans, Kala are uh, Creole rice cakes that have been rolled into balls about the size of golf balls. I've, I've seen them maybe a little bit smaller than that, but that's about the right size. And about a century ago, Kala were widely sold. Kala, by the way, is both the uh, the singular and the plural of it. C-L-A-A-S. C-A-L-A-S. Kala. Uh, anyway, uh, they were very commonly sold from carts that would park themselves on corners and in markets and places like that, and they would fry these things up and people would eat them. They were also uh, very popular uh, in restaurants that served breakfast a lot because it was identified largely as a as a breakfast item more than anything else, although it's pretty good as a dessert, too. So anyway, uh, that's where they were sold. This would have been in the late 1800s is when it started, but then really got underway in the early years of the 1900s. And it was called Kala, C-A-L-A-S. Uh, here's my connection with Kala. I had an aunt uh, whose nickname was Kala. All of her, all of her uh, siblings, including my mother, uh, called her Kala. You know, uh, and they didn't even well, they they did speak uh, uh, French. Come to think of it, my my mother's family did. Anyway, uh, now the bad news. There were a few wellings up of Kala in the New Orleans area. Every now and then a chef would try to get it started again. Poppy Tooker, the food writer, uh, and uh, also Frank Brightson over at his restaurant. He uh, had, believes in Kala, too, and he has put it at various times on his menu. So that's saying something. But they uh, were mainly to be found when you went to the coffee pot restaurant on um, in the French Quarter, right next door to Pat O'Brien's is where it was. And they had it on the menu with uh, breakfast or with dinner. You could have it any time you wanted, really. And that's where that kalau was. And they were good. You would get, you know, an order of those. You'd have some a little bit of bacon and grits on the side. I mean, that's that was what it was all about. Except that hardly anybody knew about it anymore, and it was kind of gone well, now I have much worse uh, news about Kala. Uh, the one restaurant that was still serving it regularly, which was the Coffee Pot Restaurant uh, in the French Quarter right next to Pat O'Brien's, 
uh, they have closed. And they were the only ones doing Kala. What a sad thing. Maybe sometime in my lifetime I'll see Kala make a big jump again. But then again, Poppy took her. uh, She was expecting the same thing, and it didn't. And Frank Brightson actually helped out with doing a restaurant in Kenner that uh, had Kala on the menu. It wasn't even sweet. They made them with uh, stuff with crawfish and crab meat and things like that. You see, we, we have such a rich cuisine here in New Orleans that when you uh, when you uh, have something that people like, it has a way of staying on forever and never changing. You know, you know uh, that the trouble is, is going to begin real soon when you can't get a roast beef poor boy anymore. Well, anyway, uh, let's see. What else? Do I, I'm, I've got a couple of uh, things to, to go over with here. Uh, one of them, wait a minute, I just had it here a second ago. Oh, well, it'll turn up somewhere. Uh, what, what, else is, uh, what else is in the uh, almanac? Let's, let me take a look at that. Um, uh, today, our gourmet gazetteer is a town called Salt Fork. A gazetteer is like an encyclopedia or a dictionary, except that it only covers... Uh, places in town that are uh, it only co- it, co- it only covers place names is what I'm trying to say here. I'm doing a bad job of it. Anyway, uh, Salt Fork is a town with a rare double food name. Think about it. It's got two parts of it. Both parts of it make a reference to food. Salt and Fork. Uh, it is in north central uh, Oklahoma. The town is a dwindling farm community surrounded on three sides by the Negro River, a tributary of the Salt Fork River and the Arkansas River. The changing course of the Negro has uh, stripped the soil pretty badly, so uh, very little arable land is around there. Salt Fork's waters run for 193 miles, rising in Kansas and winding up ultimately in the Mississippi River, which means, of course, that it passes right in front of us. So anyway, that's uh, the Salt Fork. That's the name of it. I wonder if you can get anything to eat around there. Let's, let me take a look and see. Uh, oh, no, no they, they don't, but they are uh, all crazy about the fact that when you go to uh, the Salt Fork or any other place like that, and they make a reference to Enid, it's what they're trying to tell you is it's Dine spelled backwards, Enid. Just remember that. It should ever come up. Who is there? Joe. Joe, welcome to the food show. Come on in. Joe, call us back. I, I know that was that last thing was kind of uh, – call us up. We'd love to hear from you about whatever's on your mind. You know, a lot of people do that. You know, they'll call the show and – and just as we're about to go to them, they hang up, and I guess it's because you get cold feet. But believe me, if you ever got a chance to meet me in person, which I would very much, very much like to do, uh, you would uh, you would say, well, why would I be getting worked up about that guy? But uh, you know what else I have here? That's every time this comes up, and it came up just a few minutes ago. Uh, if you take a Delta Airlines flight, I don't know if this is just on Delta or whether it's only on Delta, 
but I every we when we travel when my family travels we almost always are on Delta. We have no particular reason for that. That's for some reason my wife. That's the for the line she likes. So uh, they when the, when the airline kind of levels off and uh, there's not bumping or anything like that. Uh, the lady who takes care of all of the the jokes and the uh, and the and the drinks and all the rest of it will come to your table and ask whether you'd like a snack, you know, peanuts or pretzels or stuff like that. And I always say, yes, I do. What I would like to get are some of those cookies that you guys have. They're kind of a gingery tasting cookie, and I really love them. Uh, and it was a, a nice surprise to discover a few years ago that you could actually buy it in a store. So um, uh, there, there we go. Now I, now I have nothing to stop me from just gorging myself on these things. Joe is here. Joe, welcome to the food show. Yes, Joe from the Burn Orange Phone. How are you doing? Uh, from the what? The Burnt Orange Phone. The burnt orange phone. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll fix it one of these days. No. <laughs> Real quick, I got a question for you. Do you have a place on the North Shore for the lowly trout almadine for us Mandevillians? Oh, wait, what, do, what are you looking for? <laughs> trout almadine. Trout almadine. Yeah, I can tell you where to get trout almadine real easy. Uh, where? On the North Shore, yeah, I would go to Mandina's. Okay. You know the Mandina's over on Highway 22, just as it branches off of the causeway. It's uh, yeah. Th- they have it on the menu. It's uh, all the time, and it is it's the real deal. Okay, and yeah. uh, didn't Sal and Judy's do it? I was going to go to Sal and uh, Judy. I'm sure Sal and Judy's does it, but if you go to Sal and Judy's, you know, have you made your reservation two weeks in advance you know that that place Uh-oh. is packed all the time because it's real real good is why i've had it there before but i was gonna go but it's too close to the city of slidell <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm playing what with you that mean? Uh, come on <laughs> the lowly you know it's it, it, all right what, what else is going on go to what bert welcome to the food show yeah, Tom, uh, I had a question. Uh, I have a friend of mine who was uh, supposedly friends with a man who was a wine expert at one time at yeah. Arno's. The man's name was Duarte. Do you you ever know of a guy named that? Jack Duarte. I know exactly who he is. Uh, he is a, I would consider him a, a friend, although I haven't seen him in years, many well, my, years. Like, my, my friend he's, uh, was in the Naval Academy with him. Oh, could be. And he, uh, said what, he's on, he said he's on some kind of brass plaque in Arno's. Uh, uh, yes, he is, uh, come to think of it, but then so am I. So uh, that's how much that means. But uh, no, uh, over, uh, no, if you go to Arno's, they have a lot of tables that are named for people because uh, Arno's. Arno's, when Archie Kasbarian took over the restaurant back in, in 1979, I want to say, it's around. It was around there. Uh, it, 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 the restaurant became immediately better, and it it has become as good as it is now, which is really, really good. But when they did that, uh, they 
they had the oil bust around New Orleans, and the local economy was hit hard, and so was Arno's. And so they had to figure out a way to keep the business going for a while. And what they came up with was selling each of the tables and chairs to regular customers who would come in and spend, I think it was $10,000, and you would get a table, and it would have your name on it, literally. And I'm almost positive that Jack Duarte was one of the people who did that. He says that Jack Duarte, this friend of mine, he buys wine from Europe and then sells it at auctions and makes all kind of money doing it. I don't know what that is. Jack Duarte used to do it, too, and he said he he bought into a yeah. winery in California. Now, I, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm running out of time. But anyway, Jack Duarte these days is writing novels. He lives in California, and he writes novels. Uh, and they're pretty good, too. All right, we will come back with more of the Food Show in a moment after First Please This. Hi, it's the Food Show. We're almost out of time here. But um, uh, Michael is still hanging, and so is Sherry. But Michael, come on in. Michael, you there? Hey, Tom. Hi, come on in. What? Hey, thanks for taking my call real quick. I'm driving through uh, Madisonville on the Chifunka River, a beautiful day. And I'm driving by where friends used to be, and they're doing new construction there. And I heard that mm. uh, Berryland RV Motors bought the building, but there will be a restaurant on the second floor. Mm. And I'm trying to find out what type of restaurant and wondering if you heard anything or your listeners know anything. No, I, I haven't heard anything about it. And uh, in any case, even if I had, uh, I wait until a restaurant gets open and then uh, stays in business for a while before I even pay much attention to yeah. it. But I haven't heard I haven't heard a yeah, thing I mean, about it. I really don't know what it is. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been over here for like 20 years, and the old friends was perfect. Yeah. And then when the, the hurricanes came through and these two guys bought it and built this monstrous yeah, yeah. thing, they, they didn't yeah. know what they're doing. And I don't yeah. know how you can well, lose money. I don't know fun. either, but uh, but uh, we'll let, maybe it'll come out better this time. Uh, now we move to uh, Sherry as we run a time clock out. Sherry, are you there? Okay, quick, quick question, Tom. How are you doing? Doing great. Good. Okay, I love steak tartare. I have all these weirdo recipes for it, and I went online. Yes. What what cut do you recommend? I mean, I've seen everything from sirloin to, to filet mignon. What do you think? Oh, I think I would go, uh, to tell you the truth, with uh, with the chuck. chuck. Really? Chuck? Old, yeah. old, not fatty chuck. Okay. Do, do, cut, the ch- cut all the excess fat out. But you, okay. it has a lot of fat left in it, even in the lean. But I think it's great for doing things like that. Also great for hamburgers, uh, same reason. Oh, I, I'm going to do it, I have run out Tom. of time. Call me again and tell me how it came out. That's uh, that's it for the food show for today. But we have another one tomorrow, 1 till 3, I think. Uh, 1 to 3. Hope to look uh, you in the eye and start talking again on the food show on WWL Radio New Orleans, WWL FM HD1, Kenner, New Orleans. It's the final four coming up. Thank you. Enjoy dinner tonight. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.